Good morning, guys. Can everyone hear me okay? All right. My name's Josh, if you don't know who I am. Uh, And I love Jesus, and I love people. And so we're going to dive in straight this morning. We've been in a series called The Way of Jesus, and we've been learning about spiritual disciplines. Anybody remember any of the ones that we've learned so far? Okay. Okay, someone's listening. Any other ones? Hey, there we go. So today we're, we're going to go through the spiritual discipline of study. Um, and we discussed this idea of spiritual disciplines uh, that in and of themselves they actually don't have a purpose, but are meant to move us closer to God's heart. And so Tom had used this really helpful farming picture. I don't know anything about farming, but if you're looking for a farmer, I know Timothy has some good connects. So talk to him. Um, and there's probably other people in here that I don't know that have farming connections, but there's for sure people. Klaus. Jer, thank you. And so in the picture, he was talking about a farmer in a storm. What they would used to do is that they would tie a rope from the barn, I think it's what it's called, to the house. (laughs) So in the middle of a storm, if they needed to get back home, they couldn't see. They would hold on to the rope to get them home. Okay, you guys following me? That's the picture. The spiritual discipline is the rope. It's meant meant to move us closer to home. And in this case, in a spiritual sense, home is God's heart. Okay? You guys following? So a discipline is meant to serve a purpose that is outside of the act itself. And they are never meant to be static. So the point of spiritual discipline isn't that I hang on to the rope in the middle of the storm. Like, oh, this is so much fun. It's not fun to be in a storm holding on to a rope. It's not static. It's dynamic. It's moving us towards God's heart. And so for the purposes of today, I just want to clarify by study... I mean, primarily and foundationally, we're talking about the Bible. But it doesn't just end there. There are many different forms of study that are valuable and actually move us towards God's heart. Mm -hmm. The other point to clarify, by study, I want to recognize that when we talk, when I say the word study, right away, boom, into your head comes an idea of how you actually study. So for a lot of us, like myself, I study in an analytical, methodical way. I typically like to go from a point to another point. For some of us, study is more of like a contemplative thing. Again, cross the eye because you have a conversation. It's more of a contemplative thing. You look over one scripture and you meditate on that. And, and God can speak in various ways. Both forms have strengths and weaknesses. And so what today is meant to be is not to be like a prescriptive, you must study in this way in order to get anything, but just discussing study as a general principle. So with two, those two things clarified, did that help clarify a bit this morning? Okay. Let's start with a question. What is the purpose of study? And I'm asking that to you. And I'm not just talking about it in a biblical context. In your mind, when you think of the word study, what is the point of it? This is not a rhetorical question. This is meant to elicit a response. To gain knowledge. To gain knowledge. To right. research, to learn. To research, to learn. Test. Solidify things that you know. Solidify things you know. Test. Test. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> study. What do you think of? Oh, study. Okay. Anybody else? When I'm studying, like the Bible, it's just to get deeper into what it's actually saying. Okay. To prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Yeah, like studying like opposing arguments. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Understand subject better. Nice. Mm -hmm. Anybody else study? Think about like. It's becoming 
it's gonna sound weird. But like even with music, it's like it's so it becomes second okay. nature. Or just you kind of engage in it in a world or perspective sure. or like that. Sure. Story. Anybody else? Study? <laughs> So when I think about study, I usually default to the idea that study is something I do for myself. Mm. <laughs> Although that's actually true, study does benefit us as individuals. I believe it's only part of the greater purpose of when we talk about study in the context of the Bible. And so my challenge for us this morning is that God would actually stir in our minds and our hearts a redefining of our understanding of study. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to hop right in. Father, we need you here this morning. I mean, we always need you, but I'm specifically asking for you to come this morning. Thank you that you are here. And our worship continues as we, as we learn about your goodness, God, in, in how we think about study. And so I just invite you by your spirit to come, just whisper softly into our minds and our hearts your desire for our understanding of study. May it turn into something that is alive, that we actually hear from you, and in turn, we actually act on that. So yes. we love you, and uh, we pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 to 2. That's you, Audrey. Nice. So, I'm going to read this with us. If you have your Bibles, you can turn it to it. And it says, Now, about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. So before anyone picks up a stone and is like, I'm going to stone him, that is out of context. It's okay. I'm going to explain something. It's always good to read scripture in context. But a little context to add to this is that this is in Corinthians. So Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. And in that book, he's doing a lot of correcting. Okay? He's correcting them because they're, they, they're like us. They've messed up a lot. Um, and in that church, there's Jewish and Gentile believers who are having it a real difficult time of understanding how to relate to each other in the presence of dis- different customs. And so the main message Paul is intending to express is not doing things that, becoming, that become a stumbling block for others to know Jesus. But the couple things I want to highlight from this verse for us today, and I'm going to ask you guys, is a, two questions. When Paul says knowledge puffs up, who is he talking about? Yeah, Isaiah, is that a hand? Hey? Yes, it is. Well, well, yeah? Go ahead. The, uh, the Jewish okay, all right. When knowledge puffs up, who's it puffing up? The individual with the knowledge. Interesting, okay. Anybody else? Hmm. So I, I just wrote down the self. He's talking about the self. And when he says love builds up, who is it building up? Others. Anybody else? Sorry, I didn't mean to point. Like, that kind of gave it away. <laughs> the kingdom. Hmm. I mean, I had others, but the kingdom is right, too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of answers you can put in there. But there's, I think, a very important connection I believe Paul is making here, and we see it in the very next verse. And he talks about, he says, there is a knowing that merely puffs up the self, and there is a knowing that translates into love. 
And so I want that to be the exclamation of what we talk about today. And on that next slide there, Audrey, this is what I want you guys to hold on to. Study is about a knowing that translates into a love for God and others. And so we're going to go through three. Um, we're going to go through and look at this spiritual discipline of study in, as a process or a progression. And the first one we're going to talk about is study helps us answer the why questions. God knows I have why questions. I know you have why questions. You, oh, you can go back there, Audrey, just for a second. Yeah. Number two, we're going to talk about study is meant to grow our love for Jesus. And the last one we're going to talk about is how study leads us into a life of obedience. So in that first one, study helps us answer the why questions. There's a quote right after that, Audrey, if you could throw that. This is by St. Teresa of Avila. She's written some really interesting stuff. If you ever get a chance to study her, that'd be good. <laughs> for the aid of understanding is often needed for the enkindling of the will. Guys, when I first started dating Steph, okay, I always wore track pants. Still. Nothing much has changed. But when we used to go on dates, she always used to tell me, can you just wear a pair of jeans? And, and it would be like, I'm like, but why? What? Like, because like, I would like you to wear a pair of jeans. I would like you to look nice the way I think you look nice. So this is the point. The aid of understanding Steph was needed for me to move towards her. Yeah. Okay? You guys following me? So now, I, yeah, Brittany, that's pretty fun. But wait, but wait, when we go on dates, when, when we go on dates, I, she doesn't have to ask now. <laughs> I'll wear jeans. Okay, she. If you ask her, she. For the most part, dates, I will wear jeans. We can talk about it after. Okay, I do wear. I do wear jeans. Okay, but back. To, okay, let's go. Let's get back here, guys. For most of us that have either grown up in the church or have never really been part of a church. Before even the idea of God or the way of Jesus even came into our heads, we've all in one form or another wrestled with some of these why questions. And so I did four. There's different variations of them, but these are the basic four why questions of the heart. Why am I here? Where did I come from? Why am I here? That's our, an origin question. Why is there good and evil? I look all around myself and I see some good things and I see some terrible things. Does my life have a purpose, and what happens when I die? <laughs> and these have been questions, I think, that from the beginning of time, humans have wrestled with. Has anyone here wrestled with these questions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Timothy's laughing. <laughs> Timothy's like, what do you mean? I'm thinking about it right now. Um, but for the majority of history, people have actually looked outside of themselves for the answers, the supernatural. And ever since recently, uh, in the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution, People have more and more looked for those answers within themselves. Material wealth, science, pleasure. So where can you actually find those answers? Well, I guess it really depends on who you ask. But as for us here at Anchor Point, we believe that those answers are found in the Bible. The scriptures, the revealed word of God is the only place that has those answers. But more specifically, the only person who can answer those questions. And so here at Anchor Point, we study the Bible because it places us in God's reality where he actually offers answers to the wise of the human soul. Can anyone think of a, a good place in the Bible that talks a lot about the wise of the human soul? 
It can be, there's no right or wrong answer. Anyone have an idea? Where, where is there a place in the Bible that talks about the wise of the human soul? You can't answer. Nice, Isaiah. Yeah, dude. Where is that, Isaiah? You know what book that's in? Um, yeah! Way to go, Isaiah! I think it's in Matthew. It's probably in some other places, too. But the gospel's a good one. Anyone else? Where have they, where have they heard or seen someone lamenting about the wise of the human soul? Anybody? Psalms. <laughs> yeah! Woo! All right, Audrey, can you go to that next one? Psalm Ecclesiastes. Whoever said that, that was a good one. Nice. Psalm 13, verse 2 to 3 says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And so when we look for those answers in the Bible, what we start to uncover in our study, in God's reality is that those questions are actually answered in a person, and that person is Jesus. So the second point, there is... <coughs> Study is meant to grow our love for Jesus. John five thirty nine says... Audrey's taking notes. Great job, Audrey. I love it. Taking notes and doing the slides. Awesome job. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And I think it continues on and says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now think about that scripture for a second. We talked about that scripture that Paul said, you think you know as you already know, yet you don't know as you ought to know. Jesus is kind of saying the same thing there, isn't he? He's saying, you study the scriptures because you think in them you get to know something. But the knowing is actually in your relationship with me. It's not in just reading this book. It's pointing to me. But you're refusing to come to me. You think you know something, but you don't know, you don't yet know as you ought to know. And Jesus is making a clear distinction. There is a knowledge that comes from study that stays in our heads. And there is a knowledge that comes from study that is meant to become a loving, life-giving relationship with Jesus. But guys, this is a relational principle. Yeah. It's not a religious principle. There is a knowing that can tick boxes and a knowing that leads to life. And I'm going to use my marriage as another example. <laughs> oh, this is good. I have studied Steph a lot. Come to my house. Have a cup of coffee. I'll show you them. That would be a little creepy. So I have not done, I have not done that. There are no notebooks. But, but hear me out here, okay? And we, I think we can all relate to this in some instance relationally. There is a study of people where we know how to tick the boxes, but there is a deeper, deeper level of study, okay? I know the way my w- wife likes to have her feet rubbed. I know the way my wife likes to be talked to. I know... How to, how to deal with her in conflict. I didn't used to know, and I thought I used to know, but I'm learning. There's, there's, when we actually do things in relationship, there's life that happens there versus just ticking the box. Okay, I'll give you the right answer. I'll say it in a monotone. I'll do whatever I want. You guys following me there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good picture. 
I love, there's a quote, you can go to that next quote there, Audrey. I love that quote that Tom used last week. Um, attention is the first step to devotion. And in the idea of study growing our love for Jesus, the thought that came to me was affection, which is love in a sense, in one sense, leads to our allegiance or needs to lead to allegiance to Jesus. And I, like, I have studied quite a bit about Jesus, okay? And I really hope to do a lot more. And I can see in my own life that my fascination and love for this person has grown exponentially. And part of that is just from seeing other people that I know and, and appreciate talk about their love for Jesus. And, and as an example, I, there's this guy, his name's, have you guys ever heard of Tim Mackey? He's yeah. like a really smart Bible project. Really cool dude. But that's besides the point. He's got like multiple like PhDs, you know, all these degrees. And his thing is, he is just fascinated with the person of Jesus. All the rest he could throw away, even though it's not necessary. That's not necessarily what he said. But he is so fixated on who Jesus is and what he's done. And that, to me, is such a, like, that's the point. Yeah. That is the point, guys. Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. Mm-hmm. But... When it comes to study, do you know how you can tell if your study is increasing your love for Jesus? And he's... You spend more time with him. He's actually very clear about this in the Bible. And so we're going to listen to what Jesus says. And it's one of the most beautiful, awesomest, favorite portions of... My, I mean, I think of Scripture. Uh, and it's in John 14 to 17. So... Audrey, you get I'm just going to read this through with you guys. And this, there's uh, quotations at the end of it, but this is Jesus just talking through in John 14 to 17. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I thought that was a good scripture to just start off this idea. Knowing God, knowing Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Now here, okay, guys, perk up your ears. Okay? If you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I added that scripture in there because it's, I don't want to just go about obeying, obeying. The only way that's possible is through the Holy Spirit. Okay, So that is an integral part of this idea of obeying Jesus. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And lastly, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. Jesus is talking to the Father. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Those are all the scripture references. So, I mean, Jesus said it. It looks like obedience is the way that we actually live out our love for Jesus. And so in that, you can go to that next point there, Audrey. 
Study leads us into life of obedience. Whoa, 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 Josh. Hold the phone. Obedience. I knew this religion thing was all about following rules. You tricked me. Hey? What's next? Submission? (laughs) (laughs) There's a scripture in James. It's not up there, Audrey, so don't worry about it. It's James 1, I think, verse 22. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Okay, guys. I understand we all have our baggage and stuff associated with the word obedience and religion. Okay, I know that. But just stay with me for a second. We cannot think our way around or ignore the fact that the way of Jesus is a way of obedience. Okay? But there's good news here. Okay? This is not all like, oh my goodness, am I... What is this? Catholicism? That was... Uh, cut that quote out. <laughs> But just like other things in his kingdom, in the kingdom that Jesus rules, Jesus defines obedience differently than we do. When we look at the example of Jesus, we see there is an obedience he actually doesn't accept. Anyone have an idea of a group of people or a person that there was obedience that he didn't accept? Anybody? Ah, Pharisees. Man, do they know the Bible. I can guarantee you, if we brought a Pharisee into this room right here, we would all be shocked at the amount of the Bible that they knew. Yeah. Also the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. right? He obeyed everything, okay? But still, when Jesus asked him to give up his wealth and follow him, he chose not to. So why is there an obedience that Jesus does not accept? Jesus does not accept obedience that is rooted in, that we're coming back to this word, the self. Mm-hmm. Another term that the Bible uses is the flesh. This is an obedience that serves the purpose of ticking boxes, yeah and following rules in order that I can say I have been good enough to deserve something. Jesus wants an obedience that is rooted in his spirit. And this is an obedience that serves this purpose. And this might look familiar to everyone. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your That was inc- I didn't even say anything. Look at that, eh? That's awesome. So guys, there is an obedience that serves that purpose. Loving God and loving people. And it's actually the point of everything we do as followers of Jesus. And so how, do, okay, how does this relate to study? What's your point, Josh? Land the plane. Okay, so just follow me here quickly, okay? We discuss study as a process, okay? So we got to answer some why questions. The aid of understanding is necessary for the enkindling of the will. I want to know why in order to move somewhere, okay? Uh, We talked about study as growing our love for Jesus. And then this idea of to lead a life, study to lead a life of obedience. But this is what happens in our hearts, guys. We approach study at first as something that it can do for us, okay? Which isn't necessarily wrong. It answers questions. Okay, in that process, we encounter a person, and his name is Jesus. And hopefully, he's captivating your heart like he's captivating my heart. And our lives begin to be supernaturally more obedient to him and his kingdom. And it's an obedience, okay, where obedience was once centered on myself, okay, how I can tick boxes, how I can do all those things. 
It's now an obedience that's centered on loving God and loving people. Mm -hmm. And in this process, our study actually becomes redefined and reshaped. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so let me just use myself as an example. Hopefully this can be a little bit helpful to paint the picture. When I used to study, I remember Awanas. I'm like, yeah, I memorized scripture. I'm going to win some awards. I'm going to... All those girls in Sunday school, they're going to think I know the verses the best. Who can't relate to that? I mean, yeah, okay, anyways. As I got older, okay, this, this might resonate more with us. It was, my study was more that I could say the right things, know the right things to do, and in a Christian environment, seem Christian. That the purpose of the, my study served myself. You guys following me? My obedience was rooted in myself. I was worried what people thought I was. I was a missionary kid. I was concerned about those things. I could win debates at my family dinner table. That's why I studied. Okay, I gotta, I gotta read here, or else they're gonna get the best of me. Ha! Huh. But something changed. Okay, and is changing. When I study now, I study so I can share a scripture with someone that will encourage and build them up, maybe even challenge them. I study hoping God will bring up specific people that I don't love the way he does. Great example of that is my own father. I don't love him the way God loves him. And he's showing that to me a lot. And I'm not very good at this, people. I'm not sitting up here telling you I got it all under control. I don't, but that's what's happening now in my study. I study so that God can correct my heart. The word, I've, and I've had this not patience. i got no patience. People, study now is revealing to me things in my own heart that God wants to change in me. And I study to be blown away by his beauty, and we've been talking about his goodness all morning. And his goodness represented in other Christians that he's made. And I think about, Tom gave me a book, a C.S. Lewis book. It's a space trilogy. I don't read fiction. What is this? And I was, <laughs> that probably sounds really snobby, and it is snobby, okay? It is. It's snobby towards fiction. I was blown away. I read this book by this man who loves Jesus, who presents colors and imagery in ways that I am so terrible at because I don't even have an imagination. Okay? But what that did was it actually grew my love for Jesus. Yeah. To see what he has done through a man like C.S. Lewis and his desire to love Jesus and express God's goodness to others, it, it shook me. Yeah. It shook me, and it's beautiful, and that's what God wants. And the list probably could go on, but hopefully coming back to that next slide, the point that I said, hey, guys, remember this. Is there one left there, Audrey? There's not one left. The oh, that's okay. You know what, Audrey? It's not your fault. I didn't actually... It's a duplicate, so don't worry, Audrey. It's all good. That's my fault. Sorry, Audrey. We're coming back to this idea. Study is about a knowing that translates into a love for God and others. Way to go, Audrey. And so to close, that's all I got for this morning. Um, what does that mean for us today? I just want to offer a couple practical suggestions and leave you guys with a thought to hopefully wrestle with in you know, your time of study. And so practical suggestions. We actually study as a church. Jillian mentioned it. We have a reading plan. I know that can seem overwhelming to some of us. Um, and it is sometimes. 
But my encouragement to each of you is like, hey, find someone you trust that you love and, and look to see if you could study something together. Someone that you could ask questions to. Someone that you could talk to about scripture. That's a good starting point for study. If you're looking at the questions of why right now, okay? Here, let me reiterate this. Study is always better done with other people, okay? It becomes very difficult when we're doing it on our own and we just are left with our own thoughts that are often skewed and we need people that God uses to speak into our lives. So let me encourage that study is helpful with others. But if you're looking at questions of the why, Psalms is a great place to start. It's a beautiful, it's easy reading. And if you're looking at ways that you can fall more in love with Jesus, I mean, Isaiah hit on it, the Gospels, great place to start. And that's where we actually learn about who this Jesus is and what he did. The epistles, so all the letters, they talk about Jesus and they expound on the beauty and the magnificence of Jesus. And then, believe it or not, the Old Testament actually shouts, I I love, there's a quote from the, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible, every page whispers his name, and that is true. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you actually realize that every page whispers his name. Um, yeah, so those are a couple practical suggestions. And if you have any other questions, I'd love to answer them at some point today or another time. And just lastly, uh, a thought to leave with you guys. In whatever way you study, however much you study, how is your study translating into a love for God and people? Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. In whatever way you study... However much you study, how is your study translating into a love for God and people? And hear me out. You cannot separate those two things. God and people, you cannot separate them. Okay? So if we're studying about this God, we're learning about the Bible, it is not separate from the people that he has created and that he wants you to engage with. You guys hearing me this morning? Okay. So I'm just going to pray. And I think the worship team has, I mean, I'm pumped for another song. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that wasn't too long, but that's okay, even if it was. Good job. So So I'm going to pray. They're going to go up there and we're going to continue to worship this morning.